our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented by our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Remember, anyone that subscribes this week or any week, I'm going to pick somebody at the end of every week. You'll hear me give them the shout out on the Ross Tucker football podcast, and I'll do a cameo style video for whomever they want. Uh, kind of like the same cameo videos I do for those of you that want me to go. I'm tr- Listen, here's the deal. Two things, right? Number one, we're not on YouTube today. This is audio only because I'm doing a long weekend at the Jersey Shore with my family. So I'm literally outside the hotel room in my car right now. So I didn't think you guys would want to do a video or I didn't think the video would work from my car. So it's audio only. So I'll give you guys that heads up right now. But number two, we need more YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL subscribers because my dream is to one day be a YouTube superstar like my co-host Emery Hunt, who you can find on YouTube, Football Game Plan, or on Twitter, at FBall Game Plan. Been doing a great job with his NFL team breakdowns that are very enjoyable. And as you heard last week, when we broke down the top 10 prospects in the ACC, he is fantastic. Good morning, Emery. How are you? Good morning, Ross. How's it going out there, man? Nice that you're on the Jersey Shore. Should be nice down there today. Nice and steamy. You know what? We've had uh, we've had a good three or four days. I've had way too many daddy sodas, um, but trying to make up for it in the morning by uh, by getting some beach workouts in or some long bike rides. Really enjoy both of those things. I also really enjoy college football as of when we're recording this 7 a.m. Monday morning. Sounds a little dicey. Emery, but as I mentioned today on the Ross Tucker football podcast, which by the way, everybody should check out. I thought it was interesting talking with Richard Giller, who's considered like the expert in insurance for college prospects, uh, because it's pretty timely. Because I think a lot of these guys that are opting out, they're opting out because of concerns about orthopedic injury as much as they are about coronavirus. So as I said on that show, though, Emery, we're going to do this show either way. Because even if they're not playing games, I think it makes shows like this even more valuable because they're still going to have the draft. Newsflash, they're still going to have the draft. So it makes shows like this even more important because really, Emery, without you breaking down the top prospects and the small school prospects, a lot of these people will have not really seen these guys play or at least haven't seen them play in a long time. Yeah, you look look at the whole – dynamic of the the draft where people are looking at well um who's going to rise who's going to fall uh you're really going to earn your paycheck as far as scouting is concerned because you know you won't who's going to be the joe burrow this year you really have to look hard 
and really study hard to to find that guy that you know that no one would have seen coming had it not been for a season. So I think a lot of scouts, you know, people like myself in the media will have to really, you know, pour into the tape like we always do around February to April. But now it's going to be even more so because of, you know, they may or, they, they may, or may not be a college football season. So let's get into your top 10 guys in the Big Ten. I know some of these guys, the Penn State guys, especially extremely well. And we'll start with one of the young men who has already decided that he's not going to play this season, even if there is a college football season. And that's Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. Yeah, I really like how he just, you know, he's a seek and destroy type linebacker. He doesn't care, you know, if the O-line is there, if, a, if a, you know, a back is there to pick him up. He's going to find his way through those guys and to the quarterback. So, you know, I think he could be a, a weak side backer, strong side backer, doesn't matter. Uh, which side you put him on, but I just like how he pursues the ball. And and for a guy, you know, at, at his size to have very good change of direction skills is, is impressive because normally you see backers that, that tend to, you know, they can go from point A to point B pretty quickly, but if you ask them to, to make a, an adjustment and change direction, they get stuck in the mud or they, they can't, can't do that. But Parsons is, is able to, you know, athletically and fluidly, you know, move his way around, you know, so he's able to chase these these athletic quarterbacks to try to get out of get out of dodge. So I think he's the new age linebacker. He's what you want in today's game. And I think he's a fantastic prospect. Couple thoughts on him, uh, Emory. I, I've known him since he was in ninth grade. He actually went to Central Dolphin High School in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is where that's the school district we live in. And I think I saw I probably mentioned this before on this show certainly other places, and certainly on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL is where my social media is for all the different handles. I I saw his second or third game in high school ever when he was in ninth grade. They played Wilson West Lawn, and he was unbelievable. He's the best ninth grade football player I've ever seen. And I immediately texted Penn State. Um, you know, I know the director of player personnel there. We went to college together. And they offered him a scholarship like 10 days later. I think he got offered a scholarship, full ride to Penn State before his fifth game of high school football. I mean, he was that good. And what people don't realize is he only played defensive end. So he had his hand in the dirt, and he was on one end of the line of scrimmage or the other, and probably the best high school pass rusher I've ever seen, just utterly dominant. But I mention all that because – He's really only been an off-the-ball linebacker for two years, the two years of college, where he's seeing things like this, uh, taking on blocks off the ball from both sides, the different visuals you have. I mean, he, he can and will get a lot better. He's really just learning the position. So we can do a deeper breakdown on him, you know, maybe when we get into linebackers a little bit later after we go through the conferences, uh, but he is, uh, there's just so much upside there, which is terrific. Let's get to a pair of wide receivers. The first one, and these guys have all already declared, wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Yeah, for him, I mean, that that offense, you don't normally, normally I remember Minnesota, we played Minnesota in college. I remember Minnesota being two tight ends, single back formation, bludgeoning you to death with, you know, run game, outside zone left, outside zone right, 
with a stable of backs. But this Minnesota offense now has a wealth of talent at receiver. Uh, the only talented receiver I remember was Ron Johnson. He was a beast. I think he's now a broadcaster for University of Minnesota or even the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but when you look at Bateman and what he was able to do in that offense opposite of a Tyler Johnson, um, you know, he was able to work well with him within himself and, and also find himself open a lot. I think his ability to get off the line of scrimmage is key. I also believe he's kind of versatile as well. He can play inside or outside. Um, speed, I'm still trying to figure out whether if he's a, a true NFL burner or if he's a, a Big Ten burner. Um, you know, but I do think because of his ability to play inside or outside, yield self to him to, to, to him being, you know, one of those guys that that doesn't have to leave the field at the NFL level. You want guys that are that are scheme diverse and position flexible, and I think he fits that mold. Man, how about um, Minnesota having him and the other kid last year, Tyler Johnson, having two stud wide receivers like that? And I can tell you, they tore up Penn State. I mean, that you know, that was one of Penn State's two losses, and it was Tanner Morgan, who we'll get to in a little bit, the quarterback, just throwing to those two guys. I remember thinking these guys are good, and and uh, evidently they are. I didn't know much about him before that game. I have known a lot about Rondale Moore um, for years. I did the U.S. Army Bowl. And Rondell played in the game. Boy, he was slender, but absolutely electric from Louisville, Kentucky. He had the connection with the Brom family, which is why he went to Purdue. He has opted out as well of this season. Uh, unique skill set does Rondell Moore have? Yeah, you talk about Bateman and his position flexibility. I believe you could speak to Rondell Moore in the same you know breath because of what he can do being moved around the formation, taking handoffs, and you know he can win short deep. He's a playmaker. He's exactly what you want um, at that position when you talk about what what a game breaker is. I mean, you could honestly say he single handedly beat Ohio State by himself a couple years ago, uh, and I think because of what he can do with the ball in his hands, that yields itself for a guy like him being able to hit the ground running as a rookie at the NFL level. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you he ha, he doesn't have to have certain plays for him to where we have to get him deep down a field. You just got to find a way to put the ball in his hands and he's going to produce. And I think when you look at a guy being able to do that at Purdue where, you know, he's the guy and teams know that going into the game, hey, if we stop Rondell Moore, we could pretty much stop their offense. He still is able to produce with all of that, you know, uh, scheming and game planning against him. I think that speaks volumes of what he is as a player and also as a prospect. Let's get now to the quarterbacks. And we've got a few here. Uh, very curious to get your breakdown of Justin Fields, the highly touted quarterback from Ohio State. I remember watching his high school video, his junior video, when he had committed to Penn State. And I was blown away by his physical ability. I mean, his ability to run, his arm strength. But when you actually watch him as a pro prospect, what do you see? You know, he has outstanding escapability. You know, he may not be the dynamic mobile guy that you see from other quarterbacks where they're going to pull it down and take off for 50 yards or, or whatnot, but he's able to escape pressure and create something out of nothing. I think that's impressive. And I also like how effective he is inside the red zone. I think that's something that, that goes understated about how well quarterbacks play. Prime example, you look at 
Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills and you look at how, uh, you know, inaccurate he can be from 20 to 20, right? But you go all the way back to Wyoming and notice that. But when you watch him at Wyoming and you watch him in the NFL, once he gets inside the red zone, he's fairly efficient and effective, and they tend to come away with, with points, you know, like touchdowns. So I see the same thing in Justin Fields as far as how well he plays in the red zone. We know he's a plus one in the run game. Um, he's able to throw accurately on the move. You know, he's just he's just an impressive player. I remember his high school uh, tape and people talking about, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and how he's just like Deshaun Watson. And you can see some of that in his game and how he plays. Um, and, you know, that's from a high school player. And for him to hit the ground running at Ohio State uh, in the spring, you know, getting there last year after, you know, doing whatever he was doing at Georgia, they had his man on punt team and stuff. Um, I thought that was impressive to be able to get under control, get that offense under wraps, and really be productive, a Heisman finalist. So I'm I'm impressed with what Fields brings to the table. Let's stay at Ohio State, Emory, and let's go with Sean Wade. He's another guy that played in the U.S. Army Bowl. He actually played in it the same year as Jeffrey Okuda and uh, Rondell Moore, I believe. No, maybe Rondell Moore was the next year, but Okuda and Sean Wade were in it together. They were both going to Ohio State, and they were both darn impressive in the Army Bowl. I mean, they're both like 6'1", back then. Yeah, that, that to me, when you're – you know how it is, Ross, when – uh, you come out of high school, you may bump your, your height and weight up on uh, on that questionnaire or, you know, you try to add another inch and a half. Um, but you know how it, when you see guys that are that physically imposing as freshmen and how they play that, that way, too, it's like, man, how did you how were you able to develop like that you know, during high school? Uh, but Wade, to me, is I think he's going to be one of those combo guys. Think in terms of Terrell Burgess, who uh, was drafted by the Rams that played at Utah. Guy that you know can play outside, but it's probably more of a safety. Like you, you like Wade's length. You like his aggressiveness. How he attacks downhill. He could play inside as an overhang defender, or even as a slot defender. He can cover tight ends. He can cover you know backs coming down outside and you know down the seam. He's got good instincts. He has a natural length at that position and plays with it. I think he's a terrific defensive back prospect. He's one of those guys that I was surprised that went back to Ohio State. I thought he would have came out last year, um, you know, based off what he was able to put together on tape. And, you know, still to this day, I feel like he got wrongfully ejected out that game against Clemson. That was just a great football play. Um, but I think he's a terrific prospect. I, I see him more now as a combo safety than a true corner. It's a shame if we don't have a college football season because we probably would have seen him play more corner this year, maybe on the outside. But based on what we were able to watch, I think, you know, in a hybrid role, which is great because it's the more he can do, I think that's where he's best suited to play at the, at the next level. The other quarterback we're going to talk about, I mentioned him earlier, is Tanner Morgan from Minnesota. Yeah, the accuracy for him is is impressive, both his accuracy and placement I think he's very consistent in that regard. And I, I do think um, he plays well situationally also. You talk about inside the red zone, uh, you know, backed up offense, third down offense. He does a great job. Uh, his his sprint out game is, is clean and where it needs to be. He has consistent mechanics. I think he throws in anticipation. So there's a lot of things that he does 
really well. He reminds me a lot of um, Andy Dalton when he was coming out of TCU and how just consistent he was and just moving the ball down the field. Um, I want to see a little bit more of him versus the blitz. I think that's where he can have uh, some issues um, and that affects his decision-making and and everything like that. His arm really isn't the strongest. It's good enough, um, but that's something that he can improve on. But I really want to see him get better versus pressure. But I do think the passing part of it, he has everything that you want. I think people are not talking about him enough as, as one of the top passers in his draft class. Well, I think some people aren't talking enough about the fact that all these other sports are back, too. And you can get DraftKings America's top-rated sportsbook app and know that it's safe, secure, and reliable because it's based right here in the U.S. And then bet on the NHL, PGA, soccer, UFC 252, where if you place a bet of $1 on either main event fighter, you get the opportunity to win $252. You cannot beat those odds. Everything's going right now. Maybe college football won't, but everything else is going. Here's the deal. If sportsbook's not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. They're offering a shot over $1 million in total prizes every day this week. Woo! Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonuses comprise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're going to get with it with Penn State tight end Pat Fryermuth. Emery. People, you know, people always throw out the the name Baby Gronk, and, you know, he's like Baby Gronk. And, you know, I, I, I saw Penn State play live, I want to say, twice last year. I saw them versus Maryland. On that, I think it was a Friday night game or a Thursday night game. I think it was a Friday night game, uh, and I saw them late in the season against Rutgers, um, and at Penn State. And so, what was interesting about Firemuth was the fact that to me, he, I was like, why no one gives Heat Miller his props? You know, someone that that does a great job, you know, stalk blocking these these linebackers and safeties and executing in that regard, but also just gets down the field fairly easily is consistent as far as catching the football. Um, and I think that's what you see from him at the position. I think he also does a great job of tracking the ball. He's able to, to and it's going to sound weird or simple or whatever you may call it, but it's the best way I can describe it is that his eyes do a great job of leading him to the football. So he's able to weave his way uh, through coverage and find the football and haul it in. He's not afraid of contact. Uh, I think he does a solid job as an H-back, you know, detached or whether he's in line. Um, so I think he has complete game. Everyone thought he was going to come out last year, but he went back to Penn State. So it wouldn't surprise me this, if we have a college season or if we don't, to see him next be the one to declare because he has a good all-around game and, and definitely will be one of those impact players at the position at the next level. 
Iowa has produced a lot of top flight offensive linemen over the years. They got another one this year. Is it uh, Alaric Jackson? Alaric Jackson? I'm not sure. I, I, I say Alaric Jackson. Um, and he was a left tackle uh, for Iowa. I like how immediately he gets into the body of a defensive player, whether that's, you know, if he's blocking down or if he's getting out on the move. Um, he's going to win first, which gives him that ability to control that defensive line. I think he's very good out in space. So you, you talk about running weak side, running behind, you know, your left tackle. A lot of teams are tend, to, tend to be right-handed, but Iowa's able to run to both sides because of what he's able to do out there on the move. So I think he's better in the run game. Pass game, he at times, you know, guys can cross his face, but for the most part, he's able to lock on. And once he gets you, he does a good job of, of sustaining that block. I, I do like the fact that, you know, more so in the run game, he tends to be um, a little bit more willing to be a finisher, but you want to see that that killer instinct a little bit more. I think that's what we saw more of from uh, Tristan Wirfs last year than, than Jackson, but Jackson has a lot of good athletic traits that you want at, at tackle. we got two more, Emery, and one of them is a running back from Ohio State who's never actually played for Ohio State, and that's Trey Sermon. Sermon has very good good footwork and um, patience. You know, he's a very easy runner. Um, it reminds me a lot in that regard of a uh, guy his name, uh, T.J. Yeldon, when he was at Alabama and how just amazing his footwork was uh, for a bigger back because Sermon is about, what, six feet, maybe like 215, something like that. So he's a bigger back but has very good footwork. I think his ability to string moves together is impressive. Now, he may not be the the burner, but as a complimentary guy, I think that's where he has tremendous value. And, and at Ohio State, in conjunction with a guy that can create space for you in the run game, Justin Fields, he should have a lot of room to run. Um, and with his footwork, he, he's going to be one of those guys that, that's going to consistently gain five, five and a half yards of carry. I, I like his. I really like his footwork. Man. Ohio State's benefited from the transfers, huh? Trey Sermon, Justin Fields. Uh, it's just a shame that it sounds like we're not going to get a chance to see what Trey Sermon can do. And I'll just go back. It's amazing how many offensive linemen Iowa produces. And Friar Moose impressive. Penn State's had some good tight ends recently. Mike Gesicki, of course. Friar Moose is a much better blocker, much more willing blocker than Gesicki ever was. I'm not sure... He's quite the freak athlete that Gesicki was. You know, Gesicki had unbelievable vertical um, body control. Friermuth's a little bit more old school, but still a really, really impressive player in his own right. The last guy we'll dive into, Emery, is Shaka Tony from Penn State. Another guy that some people thought might declare a year ago. He decided not to, came back to school, and now it might all be for naught. Uh, he's always kind of been undersized, but does a good job bending the corner. Yeah, when I was at the Maryland game last year, I thought, you know, this guy he played mainly over the right side, over the right tackle throughout the game. Um, his ball get off was impressive for a guy being that size. Again, if you're going to be undersized, the one thing you know how to do is play at your at your height and your weight. So you're used to being able to get around people or, or you know, uh, overcoming your shortcomings, so to speak. And for him being able to get off the ball quick, put those offensive linemen at a disadvantage. He's able to consistently keep his hands busy, which always keeps him in the fight. Um, 
you hate when you see guys that have the length and athleticism of these top-tier prospects that don't use their hands well. But Tony does all of the little things well, which is why he's been super productive. So you can see him either as, you know, a stand-up edge rusher or one of these wide nine defensive ends as a pro. But I think because of what he has done with his hand on the ground um, and how consistent he is with his technique, I do think that that gives him a chance to be a stand-up guy or even, you know, maintain that position as as an undersized edge rusher coming off the edge. Because we know nowadays, even though it's a big man's game, um, I always say size is not a skill, and if you're doing it, you can do it until proven otherwise. So he's a little bit more versatile than I think people are giving him credit for. One other name I'll just throw out there. Um, he didn't make your top 10, Emery, uh, but Michael Mennett, the starting center for Penn State, he's another one. I, I literally met him when he was in ninth grade. Know his dad. He's from Reading, Pennsylvania, like I am. I know Dane Brugler has him ranked as the top-rated senior center, and his draft grade's been between like a third and fifth-round pick. Uh, he is very athletic. I I remember watching him on video dunking in a high school basketball game. So, if you, I mean, you know how – I know you like basketball. If you're, if you're athletic enough that you're able to dunk in a high school basketball game and you're an offensive lineman, that's pretty darn impressive – and this will be his third year starting at center for Penn State if they have a season. So he's a guy I just wanted to throw a little bit of a mention in there. Uh, he's 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 Ross's honorable mention for this week that didn't quite make Emery's top ten. Here's what you got to do: you got to follow Emery on Twitter at fball game plan, as well as football game plan on YouTube. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Or you can also check out all of the different podcast stuff at Ross Tucker Pod. Emery and I will figure out which conference we'll get into next week. Uh, I guess everybody keep your fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. The, the tenor of the conversation might be very different next week. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.